If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns. I'm joined here by Simran. How are you doing? Hey guys, it feels like it's been so long since I've last presented live. I know, like when, because we did pre-record on the, basically I think you haven't done one whole of May, like live, so. Oh, that's bad for me. That's 20, no, 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 exams, masters, trumps all that. But did you hear that? Like, what did you think of that in Punjabi MC sample? I liked it. I think, I think like. Um, that gets it gets rinsed so much, right? I think that actually like slapped a bit. Are we like bringing it back in twenty twenty two? Is this like the comeback of it not being like rinsed in a bad way? Well, that, I don't think it needs to be anything about timing. I just think there's sometimes where it's like it's more about how you use it. I feel like that worked really well, like on a drill beat. It's more like oh yeah, like the the beat is definitely like it's a good like spin of it. I just. Oh, that song is just bad. Yeah, it's just triggered, isn't it? It's like the one song that if you know it comes on in a club, it's like... every All eyes are on you because you're like the teeniest, tiniest bit brown and everyone's like, what yeah. is it? They're like, um, <laughs> do the light bulb, pet the dog. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but, Thanks. yeah, how are you otherwise? How have exams all been going? Um, I'm, I'm past the worst of it um like i had two big fat courseworks and then my hardest exam so like coursework straight into another coursework and then straight into my hardest exam and probably like i'd say by a mile my hardest exam of the whole masters oh, and that's done now though it's done and it went well that's really good then yeah i took i i like there was no time to do everything and i had to do like my ethics for my dissertation in the middle of it as well Ugh. um there was like no time to cover everything so i took a really big gamble and i just like predicted what questions were going to come up based on the past papers and so i ended up revising like 20 percent of the module in the end i hardly did any of it but the 20 percent that i did revise i revised it revised it and i was so confident it would come up and it did it did that's what the <laughs> came up it was when i opened the paper and i saw the two things that i had proper covered i was like manifested it i feel like i really did manifest it that's good then and what you've only got one exam left now apart from your dissertation no, two more two more well. two more than this and then september i'm free <laughs> i saw you had a little bit of fun in liverpool as well oh my god tell, tell this is what i wanted to talk about <laughs> when i tell you this is what life's about <laughs> what liverpool no well yeah a little bit um just like living life like just being spontaneous and just like if you want to get on a flight and go just go if you want to get in your car and drive to liverpool just do it you know so it wasn't it wasn't planned we were at brunch so we were all like oh yeah everyone's first exam's done like let's go to brunch and then we were like oh it's a nice day like shall we do something after this and then it turned into like oh then i was talking about an aquarium my friend is from hull and she was talking about like some massive aquarium in hull and i was like oh my god there's an aquarium there i was like okay but if we go to hull 100 we're going to end up in amsterdam <laughs> <laughs> because there's a boat that goes directly from hull to amsterdam wow <laughs> so i was like there's no way we can go to hull and not wake up in amsterdam so i was like let's rule that one out <laughs> plus we looked at it and it was actually quite expensive so yeah. maybe not um but then we had it in our heads that we were going to do something big at this point. And I was like, okay, well, we have to stay in the UK, but we could do like a night somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then we chose Liverpool. I was like, I know what to do. I know where to go. 
And they, they were they not familiar with Liverpool then? No, they're from Nottingham. Remember, we'll just go there, bing bang bosh, get ready, pre-drinks, comms at square, club. Was there no possibility of you ending up in Ireland? We should have. <laughs> if you're worried about gone. going Amsterdam from Hull, then surely <laughs> Ireland from Liverpool is the same thing. Yeah, it's true. We should have stayed away from the coast. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but that's like, really nice, though. At least there was a bit of a break then, right? That's where we slept. Where, oh, yeah, I was going to... Right, so it was unplanned, so... You did In my sleep. car, in the park. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why, is that illegal? Yeah, I don't think you... I don't think you're meant to sleep in your car. Really? Yes, so this was just a hypothetical story that Simran was telling on radio. Yeah. Or it, or it might be... I, I think you're not meant to do it intoxicated. I mean, that's the main thing. Oh, I wasn't. Okay, there we go then. Well, even yeah. so, this is all hypothetical. Anyway. Just, it was all alleged. I'm a liar. Yeah. You're just I'd like some some um po- some like um what's it called post exam hallucination from all the revising you've been I doing. Think I was just really stressed and sleep deprived. I don't think I actually left Nottingham. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I've been in the room all week. Oh, but yeah, it was so fun. That's really good. It's nice, like, because I know I'm not someone who I find, I'm someone who finds it really hard. Like, I remember when I was in school, I would always. Like it would be pretty much as soon as Easter comes down, I would literally be like revising, and I I would not be able to have fun because like I just would be like, oh, if I'm having fun, that like, I should be revising. So I literally just wouldn't do anything for like two months. But like, it's good that you're yeah. actually in a position where you're able to like, okay, I'm gonna have fun for a break and then get back to it, sort of thing. I think after my A levels, which was a very much like that, like no fun, like we literally was I was a robot coming into first year. Well, obviously it's a lot more relaxed. I think. I kind of just realized life is too short and I and I am kind of that person like I feel like I'm responsible in a way like you know Halima's thing is like she genuinely leaves everything last minute and just bangs it out and gets a first and smashes it somehow yeah I feel like my thing is I don't leave it so last minute but I will make time to do something like go to Liverpool or like go on the night out like even before Covid when exams were in person my second year exams I went out before an exam and then I got home and I was at the exam by nine commendable my logic is right so but i did it i was clever like i i was prepared for the exam i literally considered the club as a study break like a three-hour study break came back slept revised in the morning i went to the exam still did well but i knew i had covered everything obviously if i hadn't revised enough no way would i have done that but I feel like you you do need to be really good at planning to do that, basically. Like, you need to... You can't just do it completely spontaneous. But, like, I think I was in the library at, like, 10, and my friends were like, come out, and I was like, okay. Okay, fair. I I don't know how you managed that, but well done. Um, But my logic was... I I literally have a video of me saying this. It came from my memories a few months ago, and it was me in the library, and I was like, if I walk out of my exam tomorrow and get hit by a bus... The last thing that I did was sit in the library for 24 hours. Yeah, that, that is one way of looking at it, I suppose. And that sucks. Yeah. But I think this is the thing, right? You know what you were saying about like all the, oh, yeah, it was so cool, like spontaneous. Like, just you talking about it just reminds me of like, like, like I'd say like maybe five or six years ago, like just um, 
where, where I remember because I was like lucky enough to actually have a car and me and my friends would just do like spontaneous things like that and because we weren't necessarily in employment or full-time employment we there was so much free time to do that in and especially when you had like summer holidays from uni and I just like that is generally it, like those spontaneous days were some of the best days ever and I'm just like that just never could happen now so like take advantage of that before you go into the working world because like i don't yeah. think i don't think it happens anymore like this was a thing as well like my mom has turned a new leaf too like even she was like i thought she'd be like come on sim like what are you doing like just sit at home come on revise or whatever or even just like not being happy with me just going to liverpool just randomly she was just like ah oh, you're not do what you want she's like have fun she's like i'll call you tomorrow i was like what i was like what what I swear, like, a lot you've been saying about your mum recently. She seems to be very, like, yeah, whatever. Like, just she do is, what you want. She's not really been, like, strict ever, like, crazy strict or anything. She was very, like, reasonable. But nowadays, she's she's got, she literally keeps saying, like, you're an adult, you're 22, you can do what you want. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> be like, more this strict with me. <laughs> Pardon? Be more strict with me. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I was like, is this a trap? Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a trap. But she was cool with it. Like we nearly, we nearly did go to Amsterdam, but I didn't have my passport. I left it at home, and I was asking her for my passport. And I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to Amsterdam." She was like, "Oh, okay." She was like, "Oh, I could have met you like halfway and just dropped it off." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "I didn't know that was an option." I was gonna go home, steal my passport, and come back up. Wow, but chance that probably is a good thing because I feel like if you'd gone to Amsterdam, you would have inevitably probably done what people do in Amsterdam, and then probably had like one or two days afterwards where you're just like yeah and not being able to like properly revise yeah and stuff, so. i think i'm still recovering just from the lack of sleep like we didn't drink or anything well loads but allegedly we didn't <laughs> um and then but we came back and then we slept an hour and a half two hours like how much sleep can you get not in a car well that's what that's what i mean i i can't do that like i need we were in a park there was like people jogging and walking their dogs and cycling speaking from someone who allegedly used to do that all the time because <laughs> i lived in i lived in warrington and we always used to go in manchester so it was always really like i don't really have any other option um yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the one <laughs> like, like you're going to bed and people are like cycling no uh, uh, i've got i've got the like most like alleged horror story ever right so once we went out for my friend's birthday and this is just a dream that i had right and like once we went out for my friend's birthday and um it was like four o'clock in the morning and i like i say i had to sleep um there because i wasn't able to go home um and one of my friends was like in a similar position so i was like yeah yeah sure we can just like sleep together and um we i remember when i parked my car in the particular car park there was this guy who came up to us he was really random and was talking about like it being like where like all the people who take drugs go and um i then when we came back at 4am we got the lift up and when we came out of the lift in the staircase below i saw some i saw a woman like down like in the bit below i thought she was um painting 
because I saw like a, like a little like pallet thing. I was like, that's interesting. And then I got in like onto the floor of the car park, and my friend was like, yeah, you know, she wasn't painting right. Like what she had in her hand was a needle, and I'll, I'll leave it there as to what was actually going down there. But the worst part is, obviously, we couldn't leave because I was I I couldn't drive. So like we were literally yeah. stuck there, knowing what was going on, like outside. We were just like had to wait there for hours until I was like, okay. I think it was pretty much as soon as it got to like daylight, I was like, okay, yeah, let's go. <laughs> we're out. We're out. Yeah, but yeah, the kids allegedly don't do that. Like, if no, you, if you I can. wouldn't recommend it. No. I'd say it's kind of funny to do it once, but like keep your wits about you. Do it. Do it in a safe area at least. Yeah. It's so glamorized as well, isn't it? Like if you do it in like, like you know, people like go like camping and stuff and they like like just yeah, like park yeah. in the back of the car, but I think that's like that's an American thing when they all have massive cars and stuff like Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool, like a pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. Put down like a blanket in the back. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. We've gone- Unfortunately, Jake does not have the capacity. <laughs> <sighs> Jake is what is the bund is not big enough in it. Poor thing. <laughs> Right, we've gone on a massive tangent. <laughs> let's just talk. Let's talk about like pop culture first, right? So, Rihanna, ASAP Rocky. Rihanna had a baby. She tricked everyone into thinking it was a girl, and it was a boy. I knew it was going to be a boy. Well, she was photographed in a shot. Well, to be fair, obviously these days as well, like gender norms are going out the window, so people can wear whatever they want. But she was pictured in like a shop, like buying like very obviously feminine baby clothes so everyone was like oh it's a girl. the one where she stood like holding it and yeah, looking at it She's yeah like, and you, like melt afterwards exactly everyone's like um yeah she did that on purpose to like trick people oh my god i didn't even think about it that deep i just kind of thought like baby clothes are cute in it like yeah i don't I know gender we don't know the name yet do we no, and I swear there's not a picture or anything. No, but that's quite common, like, for some celebrities, like Little Mix, who I went to see a few weeks ago. Um, Leanne from Little Mix, she had twins last summer, and we still don't know. We still haven't seen their faces, and we also don't know their gender or their names I or anything. 100, I 100% agree and respect that. Like, mm. if I if I was ever famous, oh, that'd be nice. But if I was ever famous, no way. Like, after... Beyonce did the right thing because after she had Blue Ivy and that poor, poor, poor child mm. got so much abuse online, yeah. I don't blame her for hiding the other two. Yeah, I think about it with like, um, especially like the Kardashian children as well. Like they're the team so exposed to stuff. Like you had him, um, what was it, North or Saint or one of them got sent like Kim K's sex tape over of like gaming. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. It's a lot. That's messed up. Like, yeah, I feel I do feel sorry for like the Kardashian kids are going to be interesting to look at. Like, they could be their own little psychological case study growing up. Yeah, I mean, do you reckon they'll get their own um, reality TV show? Like, be like the next generation. Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's all marketing. Christian is a genius. No, no, like obviously touch wood and everything, but I don't know if it should be around by then. How? She's in her 60s. 60, well, I suppose, yeah, in like 20. And her mum's her mom's alive. True, Anything. I suppose. I, I think Chris yeah. Jenner's touch wood, she's got it in her. You know what? I haven't even clocked that for those kids that Chris Jenner is their grandma. That's actually mad. Like, I always just thought of it as Kim K. Like, I know, uh, I know what you mean. But, um, 
Oh, 100% they'll get a spin-off, like Kardashian Kids, and it will be like but probably the older ones, like Courtney's Kids, North and Saint, maybe, maybe Saint. The thing and is, though, really young. with the majority of them, it will be interesting to see how that would be portrayed because, or marketed, because they obviously the majority of them are black. So, like, I just can't imagine the marketing for that being the same as, you know, the Kardashians are kind of sold as being, like, white with a little hint of, like, Armenian, like, you know what I mean? It's sort of sold as, like, this sort of quote-unquote exotic-looking type people, whereas, and obviously a lot of them have had children with black men, um, whereas now you've got this whole next generation of very much well obviously um ethnically they're half black but also as they come across they come up they're, they're perceived as black i can't imagine the marketing for that being the same do you, do you know what i mean it'd be very interesting to see how they approach that i agree but the only thing is i think courtney's kids are white so yeah. that's the kind of is different plus there's there's two boys so i think the, the marketing would be different regardless you know the reason why like rob's not that famous mm. no one really cares about rob <laughs> But no, allegedly. As long as the kids are physically like attractive when they're older and they kind of go with that beauty standard, yeah. then I don't think it matters what the marketing's gonna be. I think the race thing's gonna go out the window. Yeah. Well hopefully we would be in a bit of a better place by then, but we'll come on to that later in terms of why that probably won't be the case. But talking about babies and that, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about? Oh yeah. Wagatha Christie trial, which obviously is going on at the moment and don't really want to comment too much on it But it's just the fact that this trial is actually happening in the first place like Like Hypothetically speaking, right if you were to do what Colleen Rooney is accusing Rebecca Vardy of doing which is taking stories um from um was it her instagram or whatever and then selling them to the press like and you were caught out doing that if that was true would you then go and sue them for defamation when you know that probably like all the evidence is stacked against you do you know what i mean like mm, like i it, want it's like a last like plea and like, for a bit of like spotlight still yeah i think that's the thing it's like in this hypothetical situation if you were to do that the only reason why i can think that would be good for you to do that is like while i'm getting attention i might as well extend it for a bit longer but the thing is like surely are are they getting attention because i don't really know what's going on obviously i'm not the like (laughs) clearly you're not following love of huns on instagram but you know yeah but like obviously I know when it first came out and there was the whole like it's Rebecca Vardy's account that was like I think yeah. that was in like a meme you know it wasn't like such a crazy that's a, you know what she could have like again this isn't saying whether it's true or not or whatever but she could have jumped on that massively like yes if it mm-hmm. is true it's not a it's not a very nice thing to do but yeah. the way in which it's like been kind of like portrayed mm-hmm. like it is very much like it, it's it's a joke everyone's laughing about it and i feel like again like it would be better for you to kind of just take it as chip on your, sh- your shoulder maybe yeah. try to mend your relationship also with the other person i, was gonna say, I feel like she could have recovered yeah you could have made a recovery and now she's too deep in this that the only thing she can do 
both to get her name back, like her reputation back, and to stay relevant is to obviously then go against it and go for defamation. Yeah, which I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to come on the case because it's but, ongoing. Yeah, but, and as yeah. far as I'm concerned, it's a bit of a meme, no? This is, this is the thing. Well, this is like, well, literally, we're going on another tangent, but, right, again, ongoing trials, don't want to comment on the verdict of whether the person is guilty or not, etc. But obviously, it's hard not to have an opinion on it when the trial of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is being live streamed constantly. Like, do you, I don't, why, why is that happening? Yeah, also, like, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, literally, why is that happening? Like, the thing is as well again not commenting on whether any one of the two people are guilty because they both accused each other of domestic um abuse as i'm aware um but it is mad to see how mo- many people online are coming for amber heard when even if you looking at the evidence believe that have come to your own conclusion that you don't believe her story it's still mad to me that people are kind of like making memes out of it and honestly like some of the memes like they are like like they will like bring a bit of a smile to your face probably like like it because it because like oh it's comedy right but then when you think about it like it's actually it's it's not funny because at the end of the day this is someone who's claiming that someone has abused them and i think oh sorry go on sorry sorry, sorry. i just think to make like light of that just isn't like i just good. but i think that is the internet now nothing can happen like the johnny depp and her trial is kind of i'm not trying to underestimate it but it's not the biggest like most serious thing that's ever happened that's not been memefied yeah. russia ukraine has turned into a meme that's you know true. Yeah. people nothing stops people on twitter from like making jokes out of stuff it's just yeah. kind of the risk you run on the internet and i think something especially stuff with pop culture and celebrities like say someone say kim k does something mm-hmm. and that instantly like someone will screenshot it and edit her into something else something funny like every everything's subject to like people making a joke of it now yeah it's not uh, i'm not saying it's right I just yeah think it's, right. it's more just like the people like are we just gonna accept that or are people maybe gonna like think twice about i don't know I think too many people enjoy it. It's so it trivializes such like, in some cases, horrific things. I think to the point where people, it's become a part of internet culture now. And obviously, everyone's on the internet. I think it's not people don't even bat an eyelid to this kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It's a shame. How is this meant to be the fun thing? How have we turned it bad? We're so good at doing that, right? We're gonna play. That's it. What I'm we, we don't even need a plan. <laughs> just talk and it just turns negative. Like you should people should tune in if they want to have their mood brought down by the realities of life. No, no, because we're gonna play music now. Yeah, and then uplifting. Speak about the Kendrick Lamar and Nux albums. Yeah, it takes you on a ride. You know what I mean? For roughly the next fifteen minutes, gonna be getting a bit serious. Which we got serious last segment. We weren't meant to get serious. We just have a habit of doing that. It wasn't last serious. Like, comparatively, like in terms of what other things we speak about, I don't think it was like that serious. Yeah, to be fair. But we're gonna get serious again now. Um, and it's sad, but it's just there've just been a number of um racist in- incidents regarding black people um as the victims um 
that have just happened across the world and just thought it is good to draw attention to them because we shouldn't accept it as becoming the norm even though they're happening so much in surplus so the first one which actually happened around i think it was a week ago today actually was um in america in buffalo and essentially this 18 year old um white man um chose to go to a supermarket which was um heavily used by um black people um he shot and killed a number of people and injured quite a few others as well i believe the number of fatalities was 10 as of now yeah um and yeah he knew that it was a supermarket that was heavily used by um the black community um he also shouted racial slurs during it he even during the attack um shot at someone realized they were white and then apologized um and then moved on um it's my understanding that he was able to be taken into custody alive um which obviously not advocating for anyone to be killed but it's interesting considering how mass murdering shooters can be taken into custody alive when innocent um people of color die every day anyway um so that happened and obviously the thing is i feel like there hasn't been that much coverage of it and i do feel it's because people just get used to this sort of thing a the shooting and b the racism in in america specifically and it's just yeah it's just really sad yeah there's nothing we can say now that's not something that we've said before when other things like this have happened and Mm. it's still just as aggravating it's as annoying and it's as disgusting as it was the first time we spoke about it but the point is that we need to the call for gun reform in america needs to be changed like the whole laws around it need to be addressed and people advocate for reforming these laws so much but they're not being listened to yeah i mean because yeah that, that's definitely that, that's obviously like one side of it that definitely needs to be addressed and then obviously you've also got the fact that people need to have racism indoctrinated out of them essentially yeah. and like obviously that's not something that's gonna happen overnight yeah. it's gonna be a long process but what we're faced with right now is the state of countries like america and obviously the england's not innocent either mm. the england england is not innocent well, either. We'll, yeah, we'll get onto that yeah yeah but like looking at taking america on its own for example like you're left with a state of a country where racism runs so deep mm. can you even see a future where we don't have headlines like this as, as disgusting as it is have you seen um nico from beta squad's latest video i haven't seen the video but i've seen headlines about it yeah I actually don't know how to feel about it because on the one hand I'm like lol you pranked the um head of KKK that's still like which is mad that like literally he openly goes and says like yeah I'm a member of the KKK and like nothing no repercussions are happening as a result of that um but on the other hand I'm kind of like a like were you not scared for your life like is, is it really worth the content you as a black person going there and doing that and b also like just the other innocent people in the video i'm now a bit scared because they obviously are from around there so it's just a bit like yeah i don't know 
what, what so there were other people yeah so it's just him um, so he, when he went there he was essentially he got help from like some nice people that were there like nice um which most of whom were white i think but then that's it's, people that were in the kkk or not in no 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 it's just from around the area so yeah. basically basically the idea he, he went to this um spoiler alert he went to this town right um which was supposedly the most racist town in america and it turned out that actually the people there were actually all right but they were, were now at least and it was actually um a bit further away from the town that was like the really racist place and this yeah. was because it was inhabited by this guy who is basically in charge of the knights of the klu klux klan um this old guy who still does that so then he nico went and found him and like interviewed him and basically got him to say like a load of like ridiculous stuff like without him realizing um but yeah it's just like like obviously it's like lol we've you've made like a member of the kkk make a fool of themselves but then at the same yeah. time it's like literally were you not scared that you were going to die <laughs> like is it really worth it for the content in that respect like i don't know yeah i know what you mean yeah but crazy. yeah we digress that's a little bit of light heartedness in the midst of all this discussion but co coming back to the uk now which again like obviously we might have a bit better of a handle on guns here but um racism still is rife sadly um in the case of kids as well which is so sad because like kids have to learn this from somewhere and it's like yeah. well where where are you getting from clearly it, the, mo the most obvious pers people that you look to are your parents and it's just like either you're learning from your parents or your parents are not doing enough to actually teach you that this isn't the right thing so this um 11 year old boy um was um, i think he's called raheem bailey he was being repeatedly bullied at school um and beaten up etc um he told teachers about it i don't think they'd done anything and then one time he got beaten up and then i think he got threatened with a detention because of it um which is obviously ridiculous um and then i think the beating up resumed again and he was beaten up so badly he had to go to the hospital and he sadly had to have his finger amputated as a result of racism which again this is the thing like it made me think about um, what happened with um child q a few mm. a few months ago um or well obviously happened a while ago but it came to light a few months ago um where what are teachers doing like you know what i mean like why how can you sit there or stand there or whatever and not have the moral or the conscience to actually be like I can see racism happening right in front of me. I should intervene as the, the the resident adult who's meant to be in charge of these people. I will intervene and stop it. But instead, like in both cases, they seem to either be not choosing to intervene or whether directly or indirectly, just actually encouraging it. Like, yeah, uh, it's just, yeah. I think it's crazy because like, where, where in the UK did this happen? Um, they've named the school. I'm going to say it's near London. I'm not sure, though. I, I'll, I'll, find, I'll, I'll find out, though. It's crazy that they named the school because surely that would just mean that people go to the school and, like... Yeah. I, I feel like it's probably... Um, wait, Abitillery? 
Where's Abatillery? Because my thing is, like, if that's London, such a multicultural place, it really like baffles me that something like that happened. I mean, oh, I know oh, sorry, London. It's Wales. Yeah. See, it's sad, but also it kind of makes more sense than like. Yeah, like, I know making more sense. Like, I, I get what you're. Yeah. I get what you're but like, it obviously still doesn't like warrant it happening. Yeah, yeah, obviously. It, yeah. It, obviously, in a place where ethnic minorities aren't as. Um, what's the word i'm looking for there's not that many there yeah oh you kind of expect in a way these things to happen more whereas like i'd be shocked if it happened in london i mean obviously the child cute thing was london too but um i'd be shocked if like this happened and teachers overlooked it and stuff because i just feel like that's insane this whole thing's insane like i think it just I, i what what i wanted to say was like because I think I'm surrounded by people who are like quite left-leaning or like labor supporting and obviously not racist people. And obviously a lot of people that I'm surrounded by by are ethnic minorities as well. I just kind of, you almost forget that this exists in this country sometimes. And then you hear a headline like this and you just think, oh my God, like it's actually real. And you know, because I don't go to places like Wales or places that are like majority white really, or if I do, their cities and you still get people of color everywhere so i just yeah. feel like it's been it's been a long time since i've received any racism basically in my life is what i'm saying um so i just feel like you forget that this exists and then when you're faced with headlines like this it's just like horrible it is actually mad again like touching on the point of like certain areas in the uk being a bit more of like like you know what's actually jokes is that like they had that the headline, I feel like it was the Daily Mail, I'm not sure, but it was a few, maybe like a year ago, where they claimed that um, Didsbury, this area in Manchester, is a no-go zone because it's so heavily populated by Muslims. And it's, the, oh it's a joke God. because like it is like, I wouldn't say Didsbury is majorly um, upper class, but it's certainly middle middle class. Like it, uh-huh. it has like, it definitely has like a lot of like well-to-do people there. Yeah. Um, um, not that obviously Muslim people can't be well-to-do, but basic middle-class white people, essentially, which don't necessarily fit the tone which that article is trying to portray. But um, it really is a thing. Like, I remember, like, me and my friends used to do this thing where we would go um, to... We'd, we'd always, like, every summer sort of go, like, on, like, a, like an Airbnb type of thing. Um which was like really nice and we would go to like places in the middle of nowhere with the idea that we could make as much noise as we wanted and like have as much fun as possible but obviously that mean meant going away from the seas and i remember like going like to there's one point where we went to like south wales and oh for context as well like the out of the group of eight of us at the time only two were white so like it was like yeah um and I remember driving to Wales one time and just like stopping in the middle of Wales, in the middle of nowhere, and just looking around and being like, I, it, it was just after Brexit as well. And I remember I was looking around and being like, yeah, don't feel like, like great about this. And then also it was like, this it was this one time, it was the first time we did it actually. We went to the Lake District in Keswick and I we were just like walking around in like the um like like the marketplace type thing and no joke like someone started throwing bread at the one member of our party who's black and we're just like what is going on (laughs) like it's like on the one hand like obviously like throwing bread is like ridiculous like literally what 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 is that yeah but on the other hand it's like literally 
and I do feel like these people there's no excuse for it but it is like just I, I and again i just always think this like i remember one time i was driving back from birmingham and the motorway the m6 was closed so i had to go like kind of cross country and whenever i have to do that i'm always like looking around in like these houses and thinking like this is the middle of nowhere like but there are loads of houses here right and this is why the stats are that um, obviously black people for example only make up three percent of the population which seems mad to you and me because obviously we like grew up close to cities and stuff and actually see um, black people on the daily whereas there are actually so much of the uk where if you think about it, like it's just they're completely yeah. it's like another world like it's true it's like because well, obviously when everyone immigrated here from their respective countries you kind of obviously land at an airport and you don't go very far from that airport true so it's yeah. no shock that like the clusters of ethnic people they're like london birmingham manchester and then it fizzles out after that really yeah yeah so it's like it's no surprise that that's how the uk is structured and obviously if you're only in those cities that is what you're gonna know but the uk obviously it's a teeny tiny country but it's bigger than we think it is sometimes mm. and there's a lot of space and there's a lot of towns where there's just like everyone just sees the same thing like i've got a friend from barnsley and he's Punjabi, and he said like him and his brother were the only colored people in the whole school and obviously they were brothers you know yeah. <laughs> and the amount of like racism that he had to experience growing up because they just didn't understand that he wasn't white you know yeah even it's like bad. even like i because i grew up in like warrington which i would say isn't like as extreme as that but even like coming to him because i went to high school in manchester even that was like a bit of a culture shock for me not in terms of obviously um being around people of color because obviously i literally grew up in a household with people of color but um more just being surrounded by them constantly because even though i went to a private school it was still like like so the, suddenly like everyone or there were there were so many people of color around me whereas yeah. in warrington like for example in my class i'm pretty sure i was the only pe person of color growing up and then like in the whole school there was probably maybe about 10 at a time i don't know but the, it was interesting actually there seemed to be a, like i remember when i was in like, in like year six in like the reception the bottom class there seemed to be like a lot more which I don't know whether that was maybe, that obviously is a good thing, but maybe it's because like people were feeling more comfortable uh, uh, moving to worries. I, 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 I don't know. I can only speculate, yeah. but yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, like if you do grow up in a city, I feel like you, it, you really don't get it. It's sort of like when you go to uni and you meet people that are literally from the middle of nowhere and like they just don't know anything <laughs> like oh yeah on my first night in liverpool i met a girl who came from like rural rural northern northern ireland and she got very drunk she lived in like kind of where i live so we, we did pre's together like met on facebook did pre's with a bunch of girls and all went out saw her like kind of lost her then found her again and she was very intoxicated and she was grabbing me and she was saying like when you walked in i didn't know what to say to you you're the first person i wasn't white i've ever seen in my life and i was like okay oh. i was like i don't i was like is this racist i was like i don't think so you just don't know what you're saying like it's not, it, it, yeah it's it's not it's not racist because you're stating a fact it's more the fact that like you should have the common sense to 
just keep that to yourself you don't have to say like say that like yeah, wow I mean, I what was, are you like yeah i definitely wasn't offended but i was just a bit like this is wild like i can never fathom a world where like i hadn't been exposed to every ethnicity and gen like not gender but like every ethnicity and like every yeah. skin color and everyone you know whereas uh, for some people that's all they know yeah i remember my um like my fiance once was at uni with someone and she told me that they were obviously talking about like one direction and to be fair i think this was quite a common thing um that they like brought up like obviously zayn malik got involved and they referred to them as black and um the they obviously my fiance and the rest of them were like what do you mean what do you mean black he's not black like he um like he's asian it's like oh like i just thought if you're not white you're black now obviously like in a academic sense like in the past you have the word black has been used to sort of like refer to like anyone who's not white but in general terms obviously you know that like yeah. it, it's not just white and black people like yeah, it's just cool. mad that someone would like think that in, like it was like 2015 or whatever like yeah that's yeah. insane that's what i'm saying like because of who we surround ourselves with, we don't surround ourselves with people that have those upbringings just out of chance, out of circumstance, right? Not exposed to them. So then when you are exposed to them or even even just hearing a story like that, it baffles me. Yeah. <sighs> Does me. And it's kind of like, can you even be surprised when people are racist to you then? Because in Liverpool, I wasn't surprised when it happened. And then when, when, when I went to Northern Ireland, I definitely wasn't surprised when it happened. Wait. So so why was it that you weren't surprised that it happened? Because there everyone was white and obviously especially in, when we went to we went to Derry in Northern Ireland obviously the history with Derry and the violence and stuff and I wasn't expecting to see any Asians there you know. Yeah. And I got called a slur mm. from a man in a car and um and it was very like aggressively said as well it was probably the worst like race experience I've ever had. Um and i but i wasn't it did nothing, nothing surprised me and that was like one of like five different things that happened on that it was a school trip we were there for like four days um it was one of like five things that happened just to me forget like little things that happened to other people like people were very openly like not straight up racist obviously that guy in Derry was straight up racist but a lot of people were very like i don't know if the word microaggression but they were very like yeah. subtle not subtle at all about it yeah is sad like because you have to use that word because like, i at the end of the day i suppose there are differing levels of racism so it's not a bad thing but at the same time i feel like when you say subtle racism it kind of takes away from the fact that at its I mean, core it's, it's still so wrong it definitely was racist they just weren't calling me like a slur you know it was a lot of people that would come up to us because obviously my school was heavily mostly asian yeah i was thinking we that. Like, yeah we were doing geography stuff and um people would come up to us you they were all older people and there was like four people four like couples in a day came up to us and were like oh it's so nice to have you guys here visiting like this is just great where are you from and we'd be like london and they were like oh. and we we're like yep from the uk mate british accent <laughs> i think they were expecting us to be like indian accent barely speaking english and they even said comments to our um to our teachers like um it's so nice that you're bringing them here you know away from like their home country to ireland and all this stuff and they were literally like we have all come from london <laughs> to be fair in Derry, they might have even liked you more if they thought that you were indian rather than british yeah this wasn't Derry. this was um somewhere else like near the coast um mm. Derry was straight up slurs well 
Thanks a lot, Simran. That's ruined. I watched the um, season finale of Derry Girls this week, and I ruined everything. <laughs> Derry, no, no, I Derry was very interesting to go to, like to visit. Racist, but <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll leave that. It's fine, but um, yeah. How have we actually managed to do this right? Because last time it was that we were meant to be talking about fun stuff and we ended up being a bit depressing. And now we're meant to be talking about depressing stuff and we've somehow ended up like fun. It's because Liam's not here. Yeah, it is true. Like, yeah. Speaking of, I've just seen, I don't know if you've seen her like Insta. She's having the time of her life. I'm very jealous. Oh, yeah, she's got Insta back now. It's just interesting. And whatever. <laughs> I'm don't have time to be getting jealous about that right now i'm in nottingham not for much longer though honey soon though exactly i've been looking up flats oh whereabouts city center like by like uh what's it called it begins with an a Ancoats. ardwick maybe yeah well, just let us know if you want any advice on where to yeah. and where not to. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, that's, that's ended on a nice note, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Soon, soon. Very soon. Looking forward to it. Well, thank you, Simran, for joining me thank today. Thank you so much. Wish me luck. I'm going to the library now. Good luck. Hope you have a nice time. Yeah. I actually the the show. You know what It's been a year Since we did the chili challenge And I still can't believe You literally came from that And then went straight To the library afterwards Like I actually that don't know how you did my, that. Yeah that came up In my snapchat memories And I just sat there And did my dissertation All night how? Yikes I don't know how you did that Yeah I was not well mm. Drove back an hour Went straight to the library I was so unwell Sitting there Trying to like Concentrate on my diss You were to be fair, you were way worse than I was, but that's because you actually ate the last one. I didn't. I, like, sniffed it. Yeah. But, but, well, I made the smart academic decision not to eat that chilli, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I had gonna, it, like, <laughs> <fun of> me. <laughs> we're going to leave it there. But thank you, Simran. <laughs> and, yeah, won't see you. Or we'll see you next week, pre-record next week. Enjoy the rest week. of the show. Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio's South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and I'm joined here today by Janaid Malik. How are you doing? I'm very well, man. For the listeners out there, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? I'm Janaid Malik. I'm from West London. Um, I've been making music for a good decade, I think. And, um, yeah, I'm just in love with the art, you know. Um, I feel like... The best way to connect to people is through art and I'm just lucky I'm one of those lucky people that have that chance to exhibit it to the world. So I, I read a bit, I was looking on like your Spotify bio thing and it said that you spent seven years traveling around the world before coming back and like going back into music so do you mind just tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I had a strong, strong spiritual phase. Um, I went hiking a lot around the world in Switzerland, even like local places, you know, like, um, let's say Snowdonia or Lake District, wherever I could get to. Um, but yeah, those experiences have, have stayed with me. It's, it's empowered me into carrying on my journey and, you know, understanding again, the connection between what art is and like what, yeah, what it means to, you know, um, express yourself on a spiritual level rather than just write music on 
on just a on just a vibe or a pop level. For sure, yeah. So would you say that that's something that has stuck with you to this day then, that you continue to put into your music, like thinking about more than just notes or lyrics on a piece of paper, it's about putting how you're feeling on a spiritual level into the art as well? Yeah, 100%. I mean, um, I remember before this hiatus that I had, um, I would try and write a song. Uh, now it just flows out. Whatever I'm feeling at that point, uh, I just put onto paper, you know, and uh, record it as fast as I can. So it is a lot more about just um, understanding the emotional state of a person and opening up on that level. You've done like pretty well for yourself, obviously, I think like since 2018 sort of time, um, um, churning out song after song. And then obviously 2020, you were able to be one of BBC's um, future sounds artists, which I suppose was sort of like a bit of a, um, what's it called? A milestone for you in the sense so and um, what was it like obviously it's mad thinking that's two years ago now but what was it like being able to be a future sounds artist and what's your journey been like since then as well yeah i mean being a future sounds artist was a huge honor i mean to be praised by your peers and colleagues like that you know and um uh, and a big firm like BBC backing you in the sense that they're expecting big things out of you. It was it was an amazing feeling. I mean, but since then, obviously, we had the pandemic and whatnot <laughs> come across. So um, it allowed me to just regroup myself. I don't know how much it would have benefited my career to actually have done that. But, you know, life gave me lemons. I made lemonade out of it. And I think I'm in a pretty good place to just carry on and you know, really stamp my mark on, on our industry, the British Asian market, because that market is the most dearest to me. I think there's not enough representation for us. And if there is, it's all coming from like one little place in the UK, rather than, you know, someone experiencing what the whole of the British Asian community is actually experiencing. So would you say that when you're making music, not necessarily that you're thinking, oh, I want to make this so it fits into the British Asian genre, but would you say that that is your main target audience or are you more aimed towards everyone and anyone? I think it's more just about the culture that I am. You know, I come from Southall, the hub of, you know, uh, this is. So um, yeah, growing up in the schools that we went to being educated and you know, all the Western portrayal that's been, you know, like in front of us all our lives. I think the most organic thing I can do is just fall into the British Asian side of things. Don't get me wrong, I have done like pop music as in um, full on English music. But the piece that I felt inside when I was able to just, you know, sing in my own language or reflect on what I was feeling in my own language in the language that, you know, we speak at home. It, yeah, it was just a different feeling. So I think that's where I like to be and that's where I'll be for the rest of the time I have with music. Sweet, so that probably brings us on to the main topic of discussion here, which is your latest single, Piata Nukaran, which you released, I think last week, wasn't it? Like Friday or Saturday? Friday, 14th of May, that, yeah. Sweet, and that obviously has the sort of bilingual element to it. Um, and it's been described as an anthem for lovers, which I was very in intrigued by. Um, but yeah, it has this, you've got like a full on, like you go on a like full falsetto in it. It's a bit like R&B trap sort of vibes to it. Do you want to tell us a bit like what it means to you and why you chose to go with that as your next release? 
this is one of those songs that I've had stored on my computer for quite a while. And uh, obviously, again, during the pandemic, I wasn't able to get it out. Uh, but it was one of those songs that, yeah, it was quite sensual, you know, it was quite intimate. And I never thought that, like, uh, growing up, a British Asian artist has ever, you know, dropped something like that. You know, we the closest thing that we had to that was probably Ride It by Jay Sean. But nothing that we could relate to within our own culture, you know. So um, I think that's what this song is about more more than what I'd like to say. It's, it's again, it's, it's a quite a deep, intimate song. So would you say it's based on personal experiences or more like hypothetical? Yeah, I mean, it is based on personal experiences. Uh, one thing I didn't mention is that most, oh, 99% of the love songs that I write is, is to music. You know, like uh, for me, music is my love. So like, um, yeah, like when I'm imagining things, it's just about the way like music's making me feel. Yeah, no, that is, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it actually, because I, I always think like so many songs are about love and romance and how it's weird, how like that, like so much doesn't kind of go out of that sort of, um, pool of ideas but when you think about it like that and about how love doesn't necessarily need to be like describing a, a relationship between people like yeah that is a really cool way of thinking about it actually definitely and i can imagine that probably helps a lot with the creative process because you always have a relationship with music right i mean again music doesn't cause you any harm or problems you know like uh, as normal relationships would so when it comes into this there's like no strings attached you know it's just full-on love and i mean if you look back at my previous release from i think it was february uh, the song's called be misal and that was a real spiritual element as well it was more based on my relationship with the creator you know and you know just expressing that regardless of all the pain that life could cause as long as you're there, I'm all good and I'm all like following the way that you set up for me. Speaking a bit on Bermasal as well, like you said, obviously that was a bit more of a spiritual release. You've done the pop stuff in the past. This one is sort of like a um, fusion love song, I'd probably say. Um, yeah. Would you say that any one of those three or other genres that you've done is your main um, genre of folk? in genre focus or would you say that you kind of enjoy being able to dip in and out of genres however you're feeling versatility is something that i thrive on you know like that is my main component my key component in um creating uh, i don't want to like there's a lot of music out there that's just like and i'm just like cool guys you lot carry on doing that i'll try and explore something you know you never know what kind of sound that you can create that would inspire the next you know artists that are going to come along in the five six years or 10 15 years so again i'm trying to break that mold of having one mainstream kind of vibe out there where everyone just ends up copying each other i want to improve the the quality of like the sound that we're making as British Asian people, we, we've got a really big responsibility out here, you know, like uh, to some extent, Bollywood music does look over here, you know, Pakistani music does look over here to what we're doing. And you don't have to look so far back, like uh, when the Bhangra scene was huge in the 2000s and uh, 90s, you, there was so much reference, like in the Bollywood movies. I mean, you look back, RDB were killing it like five, six years ago. and 
in Bollywood. So, um, you know, there's there's a big, big responsibility for all of us who make music in, in the UK to really grab the market and, you know, shake things up, show the world what it actually means to express yourself. Yeah, no, that is a really, like, good way of looking at it as well, because I think a lot of the time we sort of look over and maybe um, artists um, in the East, on, in the subcontinent, or Canadian or American artists, and they obviously because the country is there are so much bigger, we sort of maybe think, oh, we're supposed to look up, look up to them. But actually, like you said, like the fact of the matter is a lot of the time they're still looking back to here to see what are the British Asian artists still doing. So yeah, it is really cool to sort of make your craft whilst thinking you never know what's going to influence the next sort of generation sort of thing. 100%. Yeah, man. Probably rounding things off now, what's next for you in 2022 and beyond? Yeah, well, I've got a number of projects. I've got um, a project lined up in the Caribbean. I've got a producer from France who I'm like working with right now. And um, I think by the end of this year, I should have at least five more songs out, um, including, well, excluding covers. I'll be doing covers all year, you know, just to keep, you know, people interested in some sense, I guess. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot more music to come out. Um, honestly speaking, I think the next release that I have is probably one of the f most favorite songs that I could have ever written, you know, and um, I can't actually wait to share it with the world because, again, like speaking about versatility, I think that's the next step. That's anything you can tell us about this release as to why you like it so much? It's more retro, like let's say it's, it's a bit more like a uh, futuristic retro pop kind of sound that I've been trying to create for quite a while but yeah i've found the right people to make that kind of music with so it should be coming out soon janaid malik here on pi radio manchester's number one euclid radio station remember you can follow janaid malik on insta at the janaid malik also whilst you're at it why don't you follow us as well mango masala radio we'll see you next week